Now, welcome to the Brick and Bread podcast, episode six. Brandon and I talk about pay raises, how to ask for raises, salaried, line cook, etc. We do want to tell you that we are a video podcast first. So when you see the live show on Brandon's YouTube channel weekly airing, uh, you can actually see us interact. And also, if you drop one of the comments, we will fully interact with you as we are live. So without further ado, Brandon and I talk about how to properly gauge and ask what you're worth in the kitchen no matter what your experience is a year two years five years if you're transitioning from line cook to sous chef sous chef to executive sous etc how to properly go about that in the best way possible that way you are a success hopefully this finds you the information that you need and other than that we'll check you guys out later i think that's listen i think that's a great idea now for everybody that's listening i made a video on this but i want to go into it on this uh podcast now the thing is, is I'll I'll just jump right in, Casey. I'll take the lead on this one, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and it's it's important because I've been in the I've went all the way around the circle, right? I've went so mm. I've been a prep cook, line cook, dishwasher, trying to ask for a raise or an increase salary title or salary title, mm. you know, you name it, right? Then I've also given out raises to line cooks, prep cooks, hired, fired. Um, you know, it gets tricky. And the reason is, is because we're so passionate about our job and we want to do a good job and we don't want to have those uncomfortable conversations. But at the same time, I'm telling everybody right now, like have the conversation, have the conversation. You have to, because, because here's the thing, you're never going to get it. If you don't ask, you're not going to get anything. Now here's the thing you need to keep in consideration. Um, let's, I'm just going to run, uh, run by my quick advice because it's really important, man. I, dude, I got underpaid so much, dude. And I went years without asking for a raise. And then one, and what happened was, is I ended up being so frustrated because I didn't understand why my boss was just trying to nickel and dime me for like 50 cents, man, on the dollar. Yeah, dude. Like, get the oh. get the hell out of here with that shit, dude. So I remember, I'll never forget this. I was at the Breakers Resort. I didn't ask for a raise for two and a half years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, you That's know what? And, 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 and I'm like, you know what? This is ridiculous, man. I work so freaking hard. Like, yeah, you know, like this is the, I work the busiest station and I'm not getting compensated properly, which I was hundred percent right. I was not getting compensated. Mm-hmm. And I asked my boss for a $2 raise. I said, I want to yeah, go yeah. from 1350 to 1550 or I'm sorry. I want to go from 1350 to $16 an hour. Yeah, and, yeah. um, and he's which like, was in circa like they, they, early 2000s. They, yeah, this was way back in the day, bro. This <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, cause I, that, that sounded like my rate back then. I was like, Dude, this is, this is way back in the day, but this was very, this was a good wage. And I remember mm-hmm. having this conversation with my chefs and it was so uncomfortable, but I'm like, you know what? No, because this is not like chef. I've done everything in my power to make sure that, yeah. you know, there's no way you can say no to this. And he's like, I know, but $2, he's like, nobody asks us for yeah. a $2 raise. And Anyway, to make a long story short, they ended up giving me the raise because I deserved it. Mm-hmm. I I deserved it, bro. I worked so hard and have any write-ups. I, I worked. I always said yes. Everybody knew me for always saying yes. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. so my point is, is make sure you go to the table with undeniable proof. Undeniable yes. proof. You can't let them pull anything out. <laughs> oh, well, mm-hmm. you were like this day, this day, because you lost, right? And I think that's important. Now, here's the thing. If you want, you can ask for whatever you want, but just want, just know that one, you might get denied and that's okay. It's yeah. not personal. Okay. And mm-hmm. two, that, um, if, when you ask for more money, you better be willing to back it up and literally, uh, work harder, right? Because that's, what's going to be yeah. of you. Now that's for line cook and, um, uh, you know, line cook and hourly positions, but I never understood when I became a chef why if you know if we were hiring people like if it was like fifteen dollars and like let's say if our our budget was fifteen dollars an hour and mm. and um, you know somebody wants somebody wants to hire at sixteen fifty like I yeah. never understood why we'd have to say no I'm like no you know what I'm gonna give you what you want I'm gonna give you what you want yeah. and I got so much pushback for this as a sous chef and yeah. I remember telling the chef like okay chef if he works forty hours a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We only let him work 38 and there's your money. Like, this is so stupid. Like why, yeah, why look, he's going to resent us for not giving him the, what he wants. Like let's pay him what he wants. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like, it didn't make sense to me. And then it's funny because like, I even had this conversation with the director of culinary and this was at Wolfgang Puck actually. And I remember like, you know, in mm-hmm. Las Vegas, we need to be competitive. We're dealing yeah. with union properties, people that are paying, you know, $24 an hour, $22 an hour. Yeah, like, dude. You guys, care, you guys care about 75 cents more? Like, dude, I will find that money for you. 
it's you know if that's the problem but like yeah um you know when if you are going if you're a line cook and you're looking for a job and you say 18 dollars an hour and they offer you 17.50 you no <laughs> don't yeah. do it because what ha- 18, what's, what's going to happen is you're going to resent them okay that's what's going to happen trust me i see it all the time i see it and and then also taking consideration like i have to be honest like that shit doesn't matter from uh from you know, $15 an hour to $18 an hour, it's really not that big mm-hmm. of an increase. And I really yeah. need you, I need I re- need everybody to realize that. What you're looking for is that salary, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say is because uh, companies will only, on online employees, there's no way they're gonna go over budget uh, in the 20s or wherever their budget is. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. It's a, it's a, it's gonna require a salary. Um, you know, it's, it's an hourly cat pretty much. And yeah, I think yeah. a lot of line cooks get that mixed up where they're like, Oh no, I just want to be a line cook, but I want to increase my hourly wage. Well, it doesn't really work like that. Right. So if you're <laughs> capped out at your budget, you know what I'm saying? At your budgeted amount, dude, it's really hard to try to get that approved. Right. Um, yeah. you know, and I'll speak for, I'll speak for self. Like I had, I had one, one guy, his name was Benigno and he was so good, man. So good Latino dude. And he was a workhorse mm-hmm. and he was capped out at his line amount, right? He had already worked with us for five yeah. years. And I'm like, Benigno, the only option is for you to be a junior sous chef or to a sous go chef. Up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. this is the option for you. And um, and he and I was like, I can't justify paying a line cook this much. But I'm like, it's yeah. going to involve you managing your friends. <laughs> yeah. Salary. But the thing well, is, salary is, I gave involved. him the option. I said, you have everything it takes. You could be my sous chef right now, right now. Uh-huh. But- when you take a salary position, you're going to end up working more hours and it's a lower pay rate, yeah. but it's worth it because then every six months you need to negotiate, dude. And mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I can't stress this enough. Let's get into sous chefs and chefs. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this is so important, Casey. And I don't, I don't know if you, if you actually go through the situation, but sous chefs, it's a little hard because you, you hop on to, and man, this is important. This is important. Nobody wants to talk about salary. Nobody wants to talk about, well, let's, let's fucking talk about it because it's, it's important yeah. man. so much chefs are underpaid and you know, this man, you know, this I do. chefs are underpaid. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and it's, and it's not fair. And I know life is not fair, but like, bro, the fact that I don't know about you, but I was able to see what uh, front of the house makes compared to what back of the house makes. Oh, and, bro, was it last night? In most operations, Yo, this bro, kid was is, like, I made 300 bucks. And I'm well, like, what the f- for three hours of work? And it, who are you? Yeah, that was nuts. So I, I know all about it, man. It's it's disgusting. The pay disparity. I think you're uh, I think you're a mic cut out, Brandon. OK, here we go. Back ah, in. There it is. I got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. I unplugged my mic. Man. I was getting I was getting excited, so bro. I was getting excited. excited. I'm getting amped up, man, because you know what? This is true, man. I think we should. I think we need to increase the, the fucking wages, man, for chefs, man, because yeah. it's so like for the amount of work we do, bro, you know, it's fucking hard, man. You know what I'm saying? No, I know. But anyway, to make a long story short, when I worked at um, and I'll just I won't name drop. Uh, I, at my, I worked at a hotel with a high check average. And these servers mm. were coming in at, you know, 4.30 and they were leaving at, you know, 9.30, you know, working a six to eight yeah. hour shift, whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking big numbers, dude. You know, yeah, you have a, you have a table of four. Their, their freaking check was 500 bucks. Dude, you're getting a nice, nice tip. And here's the thing, mm. man, like g- kudos to them. But like, thankfully, this was a place that um, the cooks were paid a living wage because it was a hotel. Mm. But you know what? It's not like that everywhere else, Casey. Yeah, so, man. you know, and, and I think this, and I want to have it, we should have a separate, uh, you know, conversation about that because we, we need to get it, but we mm. need to like, we need to start pushing for uh, proper mm-hmm. wages. Like, <laughs> anyway, if you talk like mom say, let's, talk about, shop, let's talk like, about bro, chefs. So sous chefs, if you, you are going from a line cook to a sous chef position, go for the title. Who cares about the wage? Fix your lifestyle, mm. right? You're going to have to ride your bike to work, get rid of your car payment. I guarantee mm. you it's worth it to get the title over the pay because you're going to have to. No matter what, you yeah. have to start out at entry level. You can't just start out as a sous chef making what you were making as a line cook. It's just not the way it works, mm. man. I'm sorry. So, like, here's a good example of that. As a line cook, if you're getting paid twenty dollars an hour and you're working forty hours a week, right? I don't know what that equates to. I don't have my, I'm not going to do the math real quick. But mm. when you become a sous chef, then you bump up to twelve hour shifts, ten to twelve hour shifts, and it's five days a week. It's, a, it's you know, it's an increase in hours, and sometimes the pay doesn't always match that. Now, a starting wage for a sous chef can range from anywhere from 40 grand a year all the way up to 70, 80 grand a year. Now, what's mm-hmm. really important to note is that this has nothing to do with you. These 
numbers are set by the budget and the financial team of the restaurant. Yeah. So if you want to make more money, you need to go to a restaurant that makes money. Okay. Here's a good example of that. If you go to a restaurant that makes $2 million a year, your, your salary, but your budgeted salary, your allocation for that position is not going to be that high. Okay. And that's yeah. just the way it is. Right. So like, here's a good example. And I'm going to use myself because uh, this made a difference in my life. Um, going from Alinea restaurant, uh, which was dinner only three Michelin star, um, you know, you know, the, the money, the, uh, the, the revenue was good. I didn't have any idea what it was until later on in life, but, um, mm -hmm. it wasn't as good as let's say a Las Vegas restaurant, right. Where yeah. uh, a good example is, you know, any given restaurant, let's just, let's just say that's open lunch and dinner and brunch you know, was doing about 14 to $16 million in revenue a year, right? That mm. means the executive chef is going to be around 1% of that. So let's say 120, right? 120, 130. Mm. Okay. His, his CDC and his executive sous chef is going to be around, um, you know, anywhere from 70 to 95, you know, based on experience, you know, that's a, that's a tricky position, yeah. but then sous chefs fall right under that. Now, obviously if you pay the sous chefs less, you can have more sous chefs, <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, yeah, back, like I'm just going to use what example, Back when I was working, we were paying our sous chefs 40K to 45K entry level. And then, you know, obviously you get bumped up. Wow. Casey, I had one rock solid sous chef that came from, uh, he came from overseas. He came from, uh, shoot, Sweden. He was working in Sweden, Michelin star restaurant. Okay. Dude, cook, he, his tasting went well. I was pushing hard for him. They wanted, he wanted 55 a year. Okay. And I'm mm -hmm. like, let's go. Sign it up oh, here. Sign the, even, sign the fucking paper. That's not even that bad, man. You know, and I'm like, you know, and this was years ago. And then my, I remember my bosses were like, no, it's too expensive. And I'm like, dude, you like, what? I'm like, what do you want to offer them? They, they were talking about 47, 47. Oh, get and out. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, listen, this is, I'm going to say this and I'm only going to say it once. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then I remember pulling out my calculator doing like doing the math of like, you know, of uh, whatever it was, 13, 13 grand divided by 12 divided by two checks. And mm -hmm. I'm like, so we're talking about, you know, whatever it is, $80 a check. I'm like, I'll mm. tell you what, I will find that in top end revenue. How about that? Yeah. I will bring, I will get that money back by him doing specials, him leading the team, him running this restaurant. Like that's, and that was my argument because I'm like, you know, you guys are nickeling diamond about if it's anything less than 10 grand, I don't want to fucking talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Give the guy Yo, the fucking money, reach. dude. Give the guy the money. Give the guy the money. Bottom line, like that shit made me so irritated. And it happened everywhere where, like, you know, um, you know, my higher ups would just want a nickel and dime over 500 bucks here, $1,000 mm. here. And I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, like, and it was just difficult. But my, my word of advice, if you are a sous chef, or if you're a chef de cuisine, or if you're an executive sous chef, or you're going for an executive chef title, what's really important is when you go to apply for the job, just say, Hey, do you have a pro former I could look at? <laughs> like, uh, do you have, a, yes. you have, you have a PNL oh that I can look at? Or Yo, if you're, talk if you're able this. to give me this information, I just want to know what the total revenue is for the year. Yes, and then based, exactly. Based off of that, you will be able to figure out your salary and what they can offer. Now, here's the thing. Now, mm. I'll go to the other end of the spectrum because this happened to me. Um, if it's a new operation, you'll have you'll definitely be able to negotiate a higher salary, which is awesome. Yeah. But guess what? Um, they will take a leader from you. Right. So yeah. this, this, this is true. Right. So let's say if I'm ownership, right. I own a restaurant Casey, you want to be the chef and you say, well, Hey man, I want $150,000 and, mm. and I already set up your kitchen budget. Right. And so, okay, well the chef's going to make 150,000. Yeah. That means we got to take one sous chef away from him. So he's going to get yeah, only two sous chefs out of three, even though he doesn't know that, but that's, what's going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that literally happened to me and I totally got it. Like, you know, the money has to come from somewhere. So you have to really, you have to realize that. And this is what happens with most chefs that do partnerships when opening restaurants. Mm. They are strapped to the stove, my guy. Strapped. Yeah, okay. And, um, and I try to tell people like, yo, this is why, thankfully, thank the Lord, like, um, you know, every situation that I get into now, I always have my lawyer take a look at it. I have an entertainment lawyer friend in uh, oh, Los nice. Angeles. Yeah, we had a little business together, yeah. um, a little pop-up and, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, I would be in some bad situations. <laughs> Literally, if it wasn't for him, I am so grateful for him. If it wasn't for him, I, I would have probably done whatever it took to get on Top Chef, which was a, it's a damn nightmare. Yeah. They take, if you make it on Top Chef, they take 30%, 30% for the next yeah. three, three to five years, my, my dude. Yeah, no, I'm good.
It's because your your name is technically out there, right? Because they they feature you on TV, whatever, yeah, and, and then they're like, "Oh my god, let's go to Brandon's." I mean, you know, listen, I'll be honest; it's a great opportunity, but it's like you know, my brother went on Chopped, my brother was on Beat Bobby Flay, and um, you know, I had an opportunity to go on Beat Bobby Flay, but I ended up skirting it because I didn't like. I don't know, man. I just it's just not me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You funny, have to funny, yeah, funny as hell. I just want. got a DM last night about uh, Hell's Kitchen casting hell's kitchen <laughs> did you really yeah and it was funny because i was like hey i'm sorry i think i'm a little overqualified for that position for that you know what yeah. i'm saying like i appreciate it but and the reason i know that is because my friend in los angeles he's the entertainment lawyer and uh he knows uh-huh. the producers of that show and basically like i'm gonna be honest casey they they don't put h- high-end chefs on that show you know no no i know it's just like they, regular line cooks and then maybe somebody falls with titles That's yeah it. what they do no they, the show. they already know the winner it's before the show starts there they put they, yeah they put one show. or two they put one or two people that have some you know reputation and that have can actually fucking cook and then they put the rest of mm-hmm. them that know you know they they you know they work at the diner at oklahoma and on highway six you know what i'm saying and <laughs> this is just and there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying that's the, how they built the show you know they and people yeah. love it but anyway, I've been battling sure. on. So no, no, no. But your, like, what's so your perception? I, what's your? Good do you agree? You, do you agree or disagree with anything that I said about the? the I agree because like the the whole and let's bring it like really shortly the the P and L thing. So before I got hired at this position, yeah, I was like, hey, look, I I don't want to seem like a like a dick. However, w- would you be able to tell me any of your P and Ls from like last year, or the, the year yep. before pandemic? Yeah, I just want to see what your numbers are. I only say that I don't want to insult you. Yeah. I want to tell you what a good rate is so both of us can live comfortably. Yes. And he actually, he pulled out a PL and I looked at it. I was like, okay, I'll be comfortable with this amount. Yes. And he was like, oh, wow, that's that's interesting. And I don't think anybody, this is a mom and pop shop, yeah. right? And he was like, that's interesting. I never had anybody tell you. I was like, well, if this was a corporate, I would straight up, like before we even get to the table, I was like, give me the PL. I want to see it because I don't want to be. I don't want to be nickel and diming when we're like, when we're doing like a hundred thousand a week, one hundred twenty thousand a week, yeah. and I'm getting paid like seventy five grand a year. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's not and that's not where that's at. Like I, we're gonna have to work like crazy. It'll be eighty hours a week. None of that. I want to see P and Ls, uh, and then I'll let you know uh, what my decision is. So that props to you for doing that. I I do that all the time, no yeah. matter where I go now. Yeah, and so uh, you know that's a good point, Casey. And like I've ran into issues where people are like, "Well, no," because they don't have access to that information. So if you're talking to a hiring, like yeah. an HR person, they're probably not going to have access to that. But um, you know, mm. it's it's I think it's worth it, right? Um, you know, there was very worth just it. Just recently, I did an inter- interview and I said, "Hey, just just you know, off the top, I was like, hey, what was the total revenue for? I know last year was kind of crappy, but what was the total revenue yeah. for 2019? <clears throat> and basically, yeah. with with the top with the total revenue, I'm able to gauge my you know gauge a good salary that. Mm-hmm. And you're right, and you have to take in consideration like if it is a mom and pop or if it's a um, freestanding restaurant. I, I yeah, people need to understand freestanding restaurant. The budget is very small. It's not mm-hmm. fat like really a hotel operation or something that is, you know, like a corporate restaurant. And, um, you know, I think that's really important to note. So if you're an executive sous CDC or going for an executive chef position, taking consideration, man. And like, especially mm-hmm. Casey, I'll be honest, you're close, you're close two days a week and it's dinner only, right? Yeah. Dinner I mean, only, yeah. Like, come on, man. Listen, I'm going to be honest, bro. That's a good, it, like, that's a good gig. I mean, you know that's what I'm saying? Gig. Like, listen, I don't care what anybody says. When you're open for breakfast, you're fucking open for breakfast, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go. Like a hotel, like bro, when the overnight I guy know. called out of the hotel, that's your fucking problem now, son. Like that yeah. shit would, you know, it would change my it would change my perception like, dude, I hated working breakfast, but at the same time I'm glad because it gave me experience. So, oh, this is a good one. Okay, so all of my young chefs out there, all of my sous chefs, What's important is you become valuable in your career and you show that you're well-versed, right? So I had this, Mm -hmm. for a good period of my career, I was only Michelin star. I was only uh, fine dining. I was only, you know, this. And let me tell you something, I pigeonholed myself into a really tough position. And let me tell you why. Because the thing is, is like, you know, when when you say you're a fine dining chef only, it makes it very difficult to, um, you know, kind of coerce you into, you know, making a brunch menu or overseeing yeah. a cafe operation or overseeing a to-go exactly. operation, right? Michelin star chefs have kind of have this like ego driven 
I'm only going to do uh, fine dining food. And let me tell you something. That's not a good thing to have. It's just going to stop you from making more money. All right. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says, man. People are like, people are like, oh, don't go for the money. Like, okay, here's the thing. Let's talk about this because I, I want to hear your perception on this. I'll, I'll just give my two cents. A lot of people say, okay. don't go for the money, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, I would never tell anybody that because you don't know people's situation. You know what my recommendation yeah. is? Go for the green mm. over the dream, right? Go for the money first because you, yeah. money is going to give you opportunities. Yeah, your job might suck. Hey, your job might suck, right? But it will. you mm. can do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. And yes, a lot exactly. of, listen, a lot of young kids make this mistake and they're like, you know, listen, I, I get it. I get it. You know, and I'm, I do what makes you happy. I get it. Don't go for the money. And I understand these catchphrases and stuff, but like, in all honesty, it's not realistic, Casey. Like, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. I started at a corporate restaurant because I needed to make more money. I had just got a house. Yeah, I, was need paying, to make more money. I was paying a mortgage. I was about to pay, start paying yeah. tuition. So you know what? I took my ass to Cheesecake Factory, bro, because you know what? They, yeah, were, paying, dude. they were paying $3 more an hour than anywhere else. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. but now is Cheesecake Factory on my resume? Fuck no. Hell no. But I worked there. <laughs> I worked there. You know why? Because they were paying a livable wage. And guess what? Yeah. Each, each station you learned, you got a 50 cent increase right off the top. Didn't he, like mm -hmm. dog? I worked three stations there in the yeah. in the eight months I was employed there. Now here's the thing: was it good? Did I learn shit? No, actually, it was very bad. <laughs> uh, you know, the, it was super disgusting. But you got paid. I did get paid, but I'll tell you what: I, I then I um, you know re uh, reorganized my career to focus on chef driven, right? Chef driven um, operations. Mm. And, but, but I'll tell you what, I don't know if I would have been able to make it if I was just making minimum wage or $10 an hour. So, uh, to yeah, all my young rough. chefs, my young cooks out there, if you're, I don't know what your financial situation is, but I think it's really important that, um, you know, more money gives you options. Okay. Now mm -hmm. what's, what I recommend is do what you have to do for a short term, six months to a year, right? Just grind it out, get, put the money in the bank, pay off your debt, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Get the car that you need, get the shit that you need to operate. And then, um, you know, depending on which direction you want to go in your career, then you make a decision based off of that, you know, but yeah. don't, don't be stupid out of, out of, uh, out of, right out of uh, culinary school, or if you're young, like, mm -hmm. you know, or just be willing to own it. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I think a lot of it too, is like pride driven too. like, Oh, I just came off school. Or like, oh, I, I just came out of Michelin. Like, I need to work another Michelin. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you have to take care of you first, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And that's that's what I that's what I essentially do nowadays. I just, you know, it's whatever. I, I can work it. But, however, I, I did text you. Was it yesterday or the other day? I was like, yo, my back is hurting. This stove is fucking ridiculous. I don't want to yeah. do stove anymore today. Like, I really don't. Yeah. But you know, I ha that happens to me too, there. man, where I'm just, I'm creating a, a mass amount of food. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, mm -hmm. fuck, I don't even want to cook anymore. Like, I don't want to like for the day, like I'm done cooking. Like, you know, I tell my wife all the time, like yeah. I cook so much at work, you know what I'm saying? That, um, you know, it's like, you know, when I come home, I don't even want to make a sandwich. I don't even want to make a fucking yeah. egg. Sometimes it's hard for me to shoot content. Heat up like, something. Yeah. It's just, you know, it gets rough sometimes, you know, like I got to shoot, I got to shoot a couple of videos today and I'm sometimes? just like, yeah. You mean most of the times? What do yeah. you mean, bro? Like, I mean, cause you just get burned out with cook. just cooking so much. And I, I make a lot of things from scratch, which is kind of dope, man. I just, um, I've been making a lot of bread lately. And uh, hey, I'll tell you what, man, I'm really getting into my language. the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, well, you know what, man? Because I can do it. You know, that's the thing. It's like mm. I'm, you know, I'm trained in, in baking bread and I know how to make desserts yeah. and I, I can do it, man. Like I can do it. And yeah. it just takes time and effort. But like I was, I'm trying to bake challah bread start to finish. I'm just trying to do it as short wow. as time as possible. And uh -huh. let me tell you something, man. From start to finish, I can get challah bread uh, mixed, baked, proofed, all of it less than 3.5 hours, which is, wow. which is good. I, you know, yeah. I went from using a sourdough uh, starter to, um, you know, instant yeast and, uh, yeast, yeah. I have a proofer at work, but like, I'm just trying to figure out how to make the, the recipe super easy. So if I were to walk into work and I need to make bread or I need to make challah bread, like some, you know, in the recipe has to be like, you know, dialed in so that way it's easy to execute. Mm. Cause I don't care what anybody says, man, you can make it difficult or as easy as you want like but you know as a chef you have to meet meet in the middle and like realize you're not the one making it <laughs> like, 
like, yeah, it's not you. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's one of your cooks doing it. How yeah. can my cook, you know, understand this, this in the yeah. fastest way possible and execute it? Exactly. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yup. So I got the, I got us a couple of videos to look at. And, okay. um, I don't know if you're ready for these. Let's go. Um, these are pretty ridiculous. Oh, you know what? I saw this, man. I, I got yeah, so mad. I, listen, man, I just like, what? Bro, I, yeah, I'm, Even I mean, listen, man, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, like I, I feel kind of bad because I think has taken sushi to a level that is just kind of almost disrespectful. And mm. I'm not going to lie, man. It's driven by the American population. But like, really you know, is. you know, you know, just as well as I know, when you go to a good sushi restaurant, like, come on, they only serve a nigiri, man. They're not serving yeah. fucking nigiri, sushi. Nigiri, sashimi, like, that's it. I'm not, yeah, no and I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad or upset or like trying to gatekeep. I just think that there's a beautiful thing about real sushi and sashimi. Mm. And there's a beautiful technique through going through, a, um, you know, a, a tasting menu. Like the first time I had real sushi, it, it just blew me away. You know what I'm saying? Sushi and sashimi and mm. a real Japanese tasting menu where like, you know, the, the I remember the spot prom was like killed and it was dispatched in front of me. And then, you know, he yeah. made a roll out of the tail and then he started cooking wow. the head for soup. And, uh, you know, he took the row and he like, dude, the chef really hooked it up. And then you like, you go to these, all you can eat sushi restaurants where, you know, they're getting mass produced fish and like, yeah. the fake king, you know, the fake crab. And it's like, you see stuff like this and you're like, man, it's kind of like you a little mad. What's up? <laughs> makes you a little mad. I'm just like, uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of, it kind of irks me the wrong way because I know how good, like you've been to Masa, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, you, I know. You, you go to Masa in New York City and you're like, ooh, this yeah. fish is amazing. Like standards can, here on Masa. Like nowhere else. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. You I mean, you can taste the freshness. You can like it is just a different level. I remember mm. deciphering, like I never knew what like and this is the thing. I I primarily like my fish raw, man. I don't eat I don't like mm -hmm. cooked fish too much. You know what I'm saying? I do eat cooked I fish, don't. don't get me wrong. But uh but um I, I prefer my fish raw nowadays and like, I'm not going to lie, man. I've had some fish from Japan that is just literally blown my mind, man. The way they yeah. handle it, the way they take care of it. Oh, it's amazing, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. It's an effort and it's thing like, cause they want to respect the, literally respect the ingredient. And that's their, that's what, what that whole Japanese uh, thing is. However, got a couple more here, Brandon. Check this out. Yeah. I'll get my chicken so tender and juicy. Well, oh yeah. I love Stoven Garden, man. Press the room temp uh -huh. and hit it with a bunch of salt and pepper. Just like this, then flip and repeat. Get a cast iron on medium high heat with some avocado oil. Drop in your beautifully seasoned chicken. Big brown both are. sides. Now that we're brown on both sides, we're gonna lower the heat, add a few tablespoons of butter, a few cloves of garlic, and one sprig of rosemary. And now baste until an internal temp of 165. People are always at- Now, really quickly, he said 165. I, I irk at it, and a lot of people cook it to yeah. 165. I yep. stop at 150 and let it rest. Yeah. So so here's the thing, so, Casey. You know what? You make a great point. You make a great this is a great fucking point. This is and this is something we should talk about. Now, here's uh, the thing. I will agree. I agree with both of you guys. I and this is why. Let me tell you why. Um, you know, listen, I had my wife was cooking chicken the other day and I knew uh, it was still pink, bro. Like I'm not gonna lie. And I was like, oh man, this, yeah. this is probably really juicy. It's really it's good yeah. chicken though. And I pick it up yeah. out the pan and uh and she's like, wait, that's not good. And I put it in my mouth. I'm like, ooh, that's delicious. Now, yeah, it's so good. Now, here's the thing. I will be honest, as a chef over the years, I tell everyone 165 as well. And yeah. let me tell you the reason why. If I'm cooking it for myself or if I'm cooking it for you or other chefs, then I cook mm -hmm. it. Like, I'll cook it straight up. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I pull it 145. 145 yeah, is, my, yeah, is my goal. It has to be pink. Yep. Like it yep. Has to be 145 pink. is my golden number. I made, um, I made a, a, a picking style chicken whole chicken uh, spatchcocked for Joshua Skeens. Amazing. Chef Skeens. Yeah. And I pulled it at, mm -hmm. it was Rose, bro. It was four, 140. And he still told me it was overcooked. Amazing. And, and listen, oh, I he told, told you it was overcooked. Yeah. 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 yeah he's like, <laughs> he he's would like, tell he's like you hey, man, it was almost perfect. It was almost perfect. And I was like, what? I was like, chef, what? And he's like, he's like, yeah. And then, <laughs> then like we had this whole conversation of, you know, of how we're going to cook the chicken. And I'm like, chef, we got to cook it all yeah. the way through. It's just the way it is that Americans don't like rose chicken. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to cook it properly and how it should be cooked. And I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. And then me and the culinary director, I'll never forget this conversation because it was a <laughs> fucking tough conversation. So here's the thing. I'll be honest, Casey, I know what you're saying as a chef from chef to chef. Mm. I agree with you, but 
if I'm training somebody or if I'm cooking for somebody else that is like, let's say I'm yeah. getting paid, I'm in a restaurant. Now, it has to be 165. Um, it's not worth the risk for me, right? Yeah. Just I immediately, you immediately eliminate the risk at one, you know, 165. And we all know this now, mm. if it's for me, like, here's a good thing. I, cause I fucked up on this and I, you know what, you know what happened to me? This is good. Mm. This is a good one. So we had a grilled chicken at Spago, uh, on the salad was grilled chicken, Shinwa chicken salad. I'm sure you heard of that. Okay. We also had a Thai chicken salad. We also mm -hmm. had a, well, anyway, we used to blast off the chicken breast in the morning and I told the sous chef to bring it to 145 and let it rest. Yeah. yeah. Right. Guess what? You already know what happened. Come on. You yeah. <laughs> Every single fucking yeah. salad came. This started coming back. Chicken's not cooked. Yeah, Chicken's it came back because it's not 165. Yeah, because yeah, it was pink. And mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't. It wasn't even like it was like light pink. It was like, you know, it was like you know, it was it was perfectly cooked. Like I, he did exactly what I told him to do. He, I told him to pull at 145. He did. Mm -hmm. And um and it's funny because he yeah he was serving it and then all of a sudden he gets blasted like and I'm yeah. like hey no this is my fault. This is my fault. I told him to cook at this temp, yeah. you know, because of the carryover and the temperature. But here's the yeah. thing. You know what I realized after that whole situation? So anyway, I took the heat. I'm like, listen, I told you. And then, uh, you know, everybody was making fun of, oh, the chef, chef, tell, chef telling the, he doesn't know how to cook, man. He telling him to cook the chicken mm -hmm. mid-rare <laughs> to save water weight. <laughs> uh, you know, because like I told him, like, if you, if you cook the chicken a little bit, if you don't overcook it, then we're, you know, when you go to weigh it out on the scale, it still has some juice in it. And, yeah. but the thing is, is I didn't, take in consideration my ego got in the way of how much havoc that would wreak on the on like it just it wreaked havoc on the freaking line dude like yeah, it yeah. just made so much but anyway ever yeah. since that moment it's kind of like my my like you know i've just turned around i'm like okay you know what if i'm teaching a cook i'm gonna say one you know i'm gonna tell him to temp at 165 but mm. knowing that i like chicken you know, I cook chicken how I want to cook chicken. I'm not going to lie. I do not yeah. eat chicken fucking medium, dude. I swear to God, yeah, it's really I awkward, know. actually. I, I swear to you. Um, and uh, I don't and think it's, it's awkward. I mean, from, from yeah. the book, I mean, I, I eat it like that. So it's S my wife gets yeah, appalled by it. Yeah. Sous vide, I do 145. Sous vide, I'll, I'll set the bath to 145. And then I do a light pan mm. sear. But on my TikTok, I set the bath to 155. And then I brought it to an internal temp of 165. So that's kind of like mm -hmm. how I look at that situation. I think the way Stoven Garden did it in that video is I th I'm not going to lie. I have no, no comments because, yeah. and I know what you're saying. And like, I, I do agree with you to a certain extent, but, um, I saw there was another guy who did what we would do and we would, you know, temp it at, he tempted at 140 and then brought it up to like mm -hmm. 155 and let it rest. And it looks so juicy and it was perfect, man. But man, he got yeah. destroyed in the comments. I know. You like, know the oh, TikTok, it's the not TikTok cooked. Com it's pink. Yeah. Whatever. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. The TikTok comments are undefeated, but um, you know, when it, when it comes to uh pink chicken, I always think about my wife, right? So my wife does not, she is team dry chicken. <laughs> 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 okay. She's team dry chicken. And it's one of the proteins that I just don't, I just choose not to fuck with. And I always tell people my point of view. So anyway, I duetted that video a while back. It was a long time ago. I duetted that video and I gave mm. my point of view. And it's funny because it's like, you know, um, everybody, you know, there, I had both, I had both ends of the spectrum. So I had, when I made my sous vide chicken breast, I had chefs telling me, oh, it's overcooked. And I had also had the normal person telling me, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's under, it's no, it's, it's, uh, what temperature you take it? How come you took it to here? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, oh, me explaining this, me explaining this to the general population, which is not, think about this, it's 98% of TikTok mm. compared to the 1.5% of chefs. So it's easier yeah. for me to say, to train, to take it to 165, but it's, you know, it's all about personal preference. Yeah. And I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Right. If you, However, yeah, there's one thing he didn't say, though, in, in the entire video. Um, you need to let it rest. That's how you're going to get the juiciest chicken yeah. you ever get. No matter what cook you, you do it. Let it literally let it rest five, 10 minutes. Just yeah, time. that's, don't that's a great it. point. And, you know, this is kind of the problem that I have with TikTok. The attention span is so short. You know, sometimes yeah, I just like get so seconds. frustrated, like not like if you look at my last if you look at my last five videos, bro, they're over two minutes, dude, because I'm tired yeah. of like not giving the people the information they want, you know, these, these short, mm. like choppy 20 second videos, I'm not going to lie. Mm. Yes, they go viral, but it's like, I get more, it makes me tick more when I can explain and articulate processes to people. Yes. And, um, yes, yes, you know, yes. that's why I've been, dude, that's why I am so 
excited about the uh, the Sunday thing because it's you know I've been working behind the scenes on it, but you know mm -hmm. I think this is what we're missing in these viral videos. Like Sam eats, dude. I love his shit. I love his stuff, man. Mm -hmm. I really do. And he's a home cook, man. Sam eats. I mean, this guy literally blew up, man. His account mm -hmm. freaking skyrocketed. And a lot, you know. And the thing is, is like, I hate to say it, but I really hope that he can do kind of what like Nick Giovanni's doing, and um, you know, really, mm -hmm. really. Um, you know, embrace his following. I, I, I'm curious to see how his uh, things pan out. Right, he can't keep doing these like like. <laughs> let's do some cooking. Boom, boom, no, boom, no, boom, no. boom, boom. They're yeah, dope. Yeah, Don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong. They're dope. But like, you know, this shit's gonna fade out, man. It's it's gonna be a trend that's gonna fade out. And I really hope because he's a really like I I truly believe like so many people hate on people for no reason. And it's like, mm. come on, like. I'm never going to be mad about like, dude, all of my friends on TikTok, man, they have more followers than me. Everybody's in the millions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people get so jealous and worked up over. And I think it's so numbers. stupid, Casey. Like, it's I think numbers, it, dude. It's like, it's yeah. that generation too, though. You know, like the younger ones. From yeah. Us. Like, like I, oh my God, I, I'm not, I'm not a 10,000. I'm not a 500,000 or some shit. You know, yeah. whatever. You know what though? I, I don't think care. what's really important is like, you know, and this is going to be advice for anybody out there who's creating uh content on social media don't worry about what the next dude is doing or the next girl is doing yeah. be happy for everybody that is successful i remember when marco uh uh wood fire whiskey i remember when he had 350 350k you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and you know now he's at 1.5 mil but like see he's doing it right his like i'm telling you right now his videos are crisp and clean and like yeah cool. no he's great i aspire. and it's the same thing yeah you go whiskey boom <laughs> cooks and then loops back into the whiskey again. Yeah. yeah I get it. Dude. Brand. But but go to, go to his YouTube channel, man. I am like, dude, this is the sensei right here. He's he's rocking four cameras. He edits in multi-cam. Mm -hmm. He's got one overhead. He's got a 6K camera. Like, dude, he, he's doing it right. He does everything himself. It is so mm -hmm. well edited. It, it just, it almost, yeah. I'm almost jealous because I wish I could do it. And I'm, I'm like, dude, I swear to God, I will just <laughs> clean. I will hold your laptop case, bro. I swear to God. I'll just. Yeah, let me do there. it. But I'm so happy. Like. I don't know why other people get jealous. And I think it's because they're not okay in their own life, you know? And I think Probably. if I, if I were to Most say likely. one thing, um, you know, to everybody out there, listen, the amount of followers does not equal the amount of money you make in real life, please. For the yeah. love of God. Like, I think this mm -hmm. is the issue. Like everybody thinks that if you have a million followers, you all of a sudden become rich. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. matter of <laughs> fact, hell no, you don't. And, um, yeah. do you have any, uh, word on that? I mean, in on YouTube, if you have a million, then you'll make some money. Yeah. You can kind of quit your job. But like in in TikTok space or Instagram space, I don't think you're going to make yeah. that deal. I, I, I think, think a lot of young kids but like, think, think because you have a big following that you're making a ton of money or you're you're rich. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's your definition of rich though? Like, like here's a good example is like, um, you know, um, you know, my, my only advice to this is, is my, and this is and I know I got off track a little bit, but I think it's important you know, when you're, <clears throat> if you're, if you're a young cook right now and you're not posting on social media, you're losing, you're losing. Mm. You need like, I don't know about you, Casey, but it wasn't until 2016 where I was actually allowed to take pictures of food and like, you know, pictures, you know, yeah. on the line dog before that, I wouldn't dare have my goddamn phone on the line. And now yeah. it's almost expected. And I think what's really important is everybody needs to know that social media is new to the world, man. This all happened, you know, less than 15 years ago, right? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Think about it. The internet happened. Internet happened in 1995, right? Like y'all, we all remember the mm. AOL, the dial-up, the you know what I'm saying. Mm. Same thing with social media, man. If you start now, it's never too late. It's fine. Even if you just post one video a week, dude. If you post one video a yeah. week for a year and a half, something's gonna happen. Trust me. Or you need to change up your content. <clears throat> but I think yeah. there's an opportunity there because I would argue that you can make more money as a content creator on TikTok or IG, uh, you know, as a line cook. Than you will in a restaurant, a freestanding restaurant. Now, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, and I also have one more uh, caveat with this. What I'm realizing is, um, you know, you need to <clears throat> be cautious of the content that you put out there, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if uh, what what I'm realizing is like there are so many people leaving money on the table because they're going for the views, right? right? So they run around naked. Yeah. They do like these challenges where they're you know they're making themselves look stupid on cam. Or they're like, you know, they're cursing. It's not kid friendly. And I'm telling you right now, that's going to hinder your, um, that's going to hinder your chance of getting really good money from sponsorships. If that's what you're looking yeah. for. So, uh, 
I don't know if you if you've seen that. Like, so a good example of that is like, you know, the dude Hood Meals. Pull up one of his Hood Meals. Yeah, yeah. Pull up one of his videos. He's a good. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you do that while I continue to talk. So let's use this as an example because Hood Meals. I really like this guy. I think he's a really good content creator. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. He's leaving money on the fucking table. And here we go. This is Hood Meals. Everybody. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's absolutely repulsive. John Witherspoon. So, so, so you know, y'all oh, hey. ain't from the hood. Y'all ain't got these. Come on, man. We got. Come on, we got everything. Come on, man. we got Zachary Ranch. What's up? Come on, we got all the taco meals. Oh, what you need? What you need? What you need? Some salt? Come on, now. We got butter. We got everything. Stop playing. Hood way. Yes, Watch sir. the door fall off. They really what we need right here. Let's get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's nasty. His sink look nasty. His like, you get that coat up and you want to shake it, shake it, shake it. It's really important. All right, listen, he has six mil on TikTok. He has over six point three. I think yeah. I want to say he has over a half million on Instagram. Um, you know, and the thing is, is and the thing is, is guess what? Guess how many air fryers he got for free? Guess how many sponsorship he has? <laughs> Nothing, zero, man. And I feel bad because I think, um, you know, Hood Meals, if you out there, if you see this podcast, man, I really wish I really would my advice to you. And I'm not listen, I'm not. I just know from uh, dealing with sponsored people, sponsorship, you need to switch your whole show to comedy. If you don't, yeah, you're you're fucking yourself because, um, you know, comedy is a different story. And I think he should go in that direction with like, you know, and really, really drive home the comedy aspect of it because right now he mm. it's kind of a cooking channel and here's a good example um you know he made a post and this is him like, this came from him he has not had a sponsorship in all those followers and yeah it's soup like his engagement is fucking through the roof my guy you look at his video and his engagement is i mean his comment section is popping because it's repulsive it really mm. is man you know it's like some of the videos he puts out i'm just like god damn and you know and i share with my brother and i share with my, my wife but, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, he had a spice company. He launched the spice company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah and guess what? Guess what? Nobody bought it. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, and he said, hey, I just need to sell the rest of these spices. And everybody in the comments was like, man, we ain't buying shit from you, man, with that kitchen like that. Like, where do these spices come from? And kitchen. I feel bad, but, like, you know, that's why, you know, for him, you know, <clears throat> you, you need to know how to structure these deals. And for him, it would have yeah. been a better option to go to just – be the face of a spice company. Say, hey, this is I'm mm. I'm I'm working with McCormick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, spice, yeah. you know what I'm McCormick. saying? <laughs> yeah, and I feel bad. I really hope that um, you know, he'll be able to, you know, get a manager that will put him in the right direction, you know, so he's able to get yeah. some money and some sponsorships, man, because ultimately like that's a good example of what you know what it takes. So here's here's another guy is uh uh pasta bitch. It's CBQ or whatever. Pasta bitch CPQ CPQ, yeah. My dude cpq or yeah. something his name is again on. i love his content CPQ. man i love how he goes into restaurants and like you know he has his shirt off and stuff but guess what man you the know pasta bitch guy yeah. yeah this guy i don't yeah this dude listen i don't know if it's qcp <clears throat> yeah now listen i don't Eight know his mail followers. <clears throat> i don't know his um if he's making any money or if he's not making any money i i don't know but i know one thing <clears throat> that with this type of content mm-hmm. you know big sponsors like um, you know, let's say like big sponsors that like good examples like that want to work with me, like pots and pans, spice companies, mm. dude, like people reach out to me to, 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 you know, to grade their freaking shit. And I don't even have that many followers, man. I don't have, I don't have that much followers compared to them. But like, mm. so the, the, what I meant to say is like the, for the younger generation, if you're make sure you dial in your content and, and figure out what type of creator you want to be. Like, if you want to be like, it's, it's, TP or QPT or whatever his name is. It's QCB. Then, then yeah. own it. <laughs> then own it, bro. But like, if you're gonna be making videos half naked, saying pasta bitch the whole time, like, just know that the the only sponsor you're gonna get is Bang Bang Energy. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. if this is gonna be your full time job, then you need to figure out whether you're gonna be clean or dirty. Because guess what? On YouTube, man, that shit doesn't fly, bro. And on TikTok now, yeah. dude, so many videos are getting flagged, man. So many creators getting banned. It's really a common theme. So. I think that's really mm. important to note. Yeah, but like, um, like as we mentioned, as we do end though, um, how to how to gauge how you're worth? It's gonna take a little experience. Um, mm-hmm. However, 
true truly like try to take yourself off the perspective be, take your pride out and actually look at your finances what you need etc and then go from there because yeah. i think that's the most efficient way to go about it <laughs> however if you're a manager though um you need to learn how to read a pnl <laughs> Dude, this is important. This is important. Nobody taught me how to read a PNL. I had to learn the hard way. Um, if you don't know Excel, you need to know Excel uh, at minimum. Excel, Word, you know, YouTube. But there's plenty of free courses out there. But mm. reading a profit and loss statement, I think, is very important. You know, we should do that for the next show. We should. Yeah, we should. yeah. I think that'd be Let me cool. See if I can pull up uh, some old PNLs. Yeah, I think um, I, I yeah, we can even use a couple examples, and we could do that. We should make that. We should do that, bro. That information needs to be out yeah. there, and we need to be helping the mm. younger generation how to lead. You know, top end revenue. You know what I'm saying? Like bottom line mm. revenue. We need. It, we need to talk about it. And plus, I can use some yeah. brushing it up. I had to help a chef um, who just who went from a line cook to executive chef, right? And oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's a big wrong. Jump. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like an accredited restaurant, but like. He literally went from a, a Michelin star restaurant as a line cook to executive chef at a, like a sports bar. Right. Like that's, that's kind of oh, what okay, happened. Okay. And like I told him, there's nothing wrong with that, but you're a chef now you lead a kitchen. So when you, when you get your PL, because that's what you're going to be held accountable for, it's very important that you need to know mm. how to read it because he asked me for advice and I'm yeah. like, okay, well, this is what you got to do chef because uh, I don't care what anybody says, man, ownership wants their money. Okay. Yeah. Always. Ownership always. wants their money. And if not, you better be always doing something always. about it. That's why I was telling you, Casey, like, bro, if you're not showing how you're you're bringing more money to the business, you're not doing your job as a leader. So much of us, mm -hmm. including myself, we freaking hide behind prep and we hide behind the schedule. We hide behind the work. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately, that's not what we're there for. We're there to drive more revenue. Top end, business. top end revenue or profit, right? It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, the biggest thing for me was increasing the check average, you know? <clears throat> uh, I think well for me it was decreasing the um our uh, food our, do, our variance variance yeah, yeah. okay oh, that's good that's good chef, but just remember chef you know holding be careful way when, it, when it happens for the following year you know you don't you want to trend down yeah. you don't want to show a huge no, no, gap no. <laughs> yeah bro I'm at, I'm at 26 and he was doing a 30 and I'm like mm, that might food be cost? a little too big of a cut 26 percent food cost he was doing 30 percent. Oh, uh, the year prior, you know, but I'm, I'm not, just like, oh, it might have been too much, but I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, if you have 26 some was comfortable, product, like, like, we were like doing listen, it. if you have some higher end product in there and you need a 30% food cost to, but you're driving the check average up to, you know, let's say 130 per person, you know, like mm -hmm. dude, that's, that's good. That's fine. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. like, like, listen, if it's a fine dining restaurant, man, I'm cool with any, but I totally get what you're saying. And like, yeah. like i don't know like for next year i think uh, i might have shot my foot just a little too hard on that yeah because because then the problem be is year after year so you want to move down a half a percent man each year right like yeah. half a percent like I, honestly i'm not gonna lie man i'm sometimes inflating my inventory so I, my food cost wasn't too low because we <laughs> yeah seriously I, lost, I used to do that big corporations doug i lost yeah. i lost the point man i remember we were at 24 right this is breakfast lunch dinner and then uh, all of a sudden mm -hmm. next year budget came out and I'm looking at it and it said 23%. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, come on. So you're seeing they're like, well, you, you know, the whole year you went, you know, at 22, so yeah. 22.3, 22.4. So I learned there like, okay, we're not jumping points here. We're going down a half a point. And then I will, cause you yeah. know, the food cost. if you do the inventory, you can gauge the food costs and you can just, you know, yeah. you can just get your cost of goods, what you spent in the month. Right. And you can, you know, compare to your total revenue. It's easy. It's not, it's not hard at all. Mm -hmm. But you need to know the numbers before you go into that financial meeting because if not, then you're just shooting yes. yourself in the foot. And, um, you know, I remember inflating the inventory, man, purchasing. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that dry, that dry storage looked it. juicy. <laughs> totally get it. Because, like, again, I I didn't realize how much he was care. I didn't know. So when I came in, started doing numbers, I think I was like, I'm pretty sure he's at 30. Yeah. And then I took over and I'm like, this is just by habit. I'm like, I don't need this. We don't need to keep all these inventory levels. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, I checked it literally last month. I'm like 26.2. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, damn, next year, he might even well, ask for an even lower rate. But you're maybe. in a tricky situation. But then again, I don't been, know. You've been there for less than a year, right? I've been there three months. Three it's months? Third month. Yeah. So, three like, so, so you can just say, hey, chef, just so you know, this is what I noticed. I think, you know, 
um, you know, we've saved it. You, you need to drive home so that way you can get an increase over the next couple of months. You know what I'm saying? And you have mm. rocks. Let's say, hey, listen, I, I think we can manage a 27% food cost. I wouldn't say 26, yeah. even though it was the actual. I just say, hey, I think yeah, we yeah. can manage a 28. I would say 28, bro, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was going to say, I was say, 28. say 28. Say 28. I don't, I don't go all because then you know that's something reasonable and you can trend lower, right? Because I made the mistake mm -hmm. by going from a, uh, you know, it was like, I think it was a 32% food cost to a 28% food cost. It was a huge jump. Damn. Yeah, but you know what? points, you know what, my you know what, guy. You know what? Uh, my chef, my menu mix was fucking dope, dude. Like, my menu mix yeah. was very good. And I can't stress enough. I can't tell people, like, if you're operating a restaurant and your menu mix isn't ideal, meaning, like, you have some things that make you a couple bucks, you have some things that make you a huge profit. Like, Mm. What I did was I took our a la carte menu and I put a whole gang of sides on there. So side of broccoli, side of fries, side mm. potato, fucking you fuck it. Like I put so many sides on there yeah. and guess what, man? Guess what? Dude, People that kept check buying average, the sides. that everybody wanted to decide check average. Yeah, man. Roof. You know what I, you know what I did with the apps too? I made small plates instead, small plates. Yeah. Like tasters, like little, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Boost, boost. No, small yeah, plates, one, small plates, one. So we, can, and then what I did was I offered it to, we offered it to the bar. So we put a small plates menu in the bar and then we also had a small plates menu separate. So when people sat down, they could order small plates and oh, shit. cheap, not just four, add the bar, four or five bucks, four or five bucks here, there, people yeah. order multiples. Right. And dude, by the time you're finished, you have $45 on the, on the check with mm. small plates, but it shows value. Mm. So Aaron Chini's, you know, the little Asian spoon bites, like there, there was a whole bunch of shit that mm. I did to really help drive the um, the profit margin in the food costs, right? Yeah. And I think that's really important. Like you're not gonna make money off the steaks or any of the proteins and that's fine. But you know what Correct. you will make money off of? That side of broccoli for $7. Sides. The side Sides of broccoli. And apps. You know, when the case costs you 12, you're making money yeah. off a of side of broccoli and everybody's gonna order vegetables. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good thing to look at too. We can get into that next. Yeah, no, we'll, next we'll get time. into the menu mix. Menu mix is a little more finer, but at least yeah. to learn how to read a PL, at least uh, how to manage your food costs. I think that's a good step for everybody. Yeah, I think, that's, kind of I think that's really good, Casey. You bring up a great point. I, I mean, besides the two of us, who else would do PLs? Like, straight up. If you listen to my like stupid early podcast, I used to take my old PLs literally straight from the, from the week mm -hmm. and go over with my suit live. <laughs> I'm like, yo, we did we did 27 eight today. We could go a little yeah. less on this, blah blah blah. I think, I think I'll resurface that to you. Yeah. How we get them anyway? Uh, that's all the time we got. Not yeah. too crazy. You can uh, subscribe to us on Breaking Bread Podcast. Actually, live on Apple. Yes. We'll make sure that the the link is down below so you guys can uh, give us some star ratings, push our our ratings through the roof. Yep. And then Brandon, if you whatever else you want yeah to tell. i'm gonna start post i'm gonna start uh i'll start um posting on social media too so we'll start getting a little push but uh yeah this was fun right. man good podcast bro we'll see everyone later right. thanks for joining